Hi, I'm Ben Miller from University Relations here at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and we're a proud sponsor of WIS Politics and WIS Business Podcasts. You're listening to WIS Business, the podcast, Wisconsin's business news source. Now, here's your host. Hi, everybody. This is Alex Mo here for WIS Business, the podcast. Today, I'm joined again by returning guest, Wes Schroll, founder and CEO of Fetch. Wes, thank you so much for coming back on the show. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me back, Alex. Of course, anytime. So uh, last time we spoke on the podcast uh, was in late 2022. So first off, how have you been since then? I've been good. I've been good. It's crazy that we are to the end of 2023 already. This year, more than anything, maybe it's because we're getting back out in in person for a lot of things and we're not used to doing that. Made everything go by a lot faster, Uh, but it's it's been a fun year. Uh, So yeah, excited to jump right in. We got a lot to catch up on. Yeah, no, absolutely. So um, I guess let's just go right at it. What's what's changed for Fetch over the past year? Yeah, there's been a lot of things that we've done to revamp the experience. I think I always tell my team that even though it's a completely free app that pays people to use it, our consumers are demanding. They are always wanting something new and exciting and things to change up. Uh, I talk about how if we deliver something that is amazing today, by tomorrow, it's expected. And by the next day, they're just bored and waiting for the new thing. So the good thing is it keeps us all employed, but it definitely forces us to keep innovating and changing things. Uh, Earlier this year, we uh, launched what we called uh, Fetch 3.0, which is a complete rehaul of the look and feel of the application, really trying to make sure it feels up to par with the you know latest cutting edge technologies that people would be used to, um, you know, continuing to focus on just making all of the interactions that you have with our partners, which is a ever growing list, uh, to be really something that feels pretty special and magical. Um, so we, we brought to life those different uh, assets to make them look beautiful, uh, added things like video into the application as well. So you can now actually see about new products that you might be interested in and actually get to look at them, somewhat experiencing them, at least with your eyes first before deciding if you want to try them or not. So lots of things that kind of bring engagement up for consumers and just make it a more fun experience to spend time in. Certainly. Yeah. I know that the user experience is obviously so crucial for, for businesses like yours that that have um, an app like this. Um, can you talk a little more about the the partnerships that you mentioned? You know, obviously you've got these big corporate um, partners and that's a big part of your, your strategy. Talk more about how those conversations are going and, and your, your thoughts there. This was our biggest year ever of adding net new partners. Um, we had actually historically even had some exclusive partnerships, which meant we only would have one partner in a category. Uh, and this year we were able to add over 200 new partnerships to the application, uh, which dwarfs any year before. Um, so I think there's just, now is the time for a consumer that I can very confidently guarantee there's going to be something in there that you care about, that you can get rewarded on. And that feels really good to be able to do that. Uh, what's been accelerating that is I think just more and more companies are looking for things that have high attribution right now. So the confidence to be able to say, hey, if I if I do invest a dollar here, and I understand that by investing a dollar in Fetch, Fetch shares that with the consumer. But by doing that, it is going to be a profitable return. 
and, and we're able to do that. Every time we're running promotions for our partners, we have testing control groups to make sure that we're validating what the incremental lift is that's being driven from the programs that they're running. And now that we're able to work with anyone in the space, I think that's just attracted so many companies that historically haven't been able to work with us are now excited, especially given the macro conditions to be uh, on a platform like this, rewarding their consumers and doing so with a high conviction that it is a profitable spend for them. You put those pieces together and uh, it's a it's a winning equation and why I think we've been able to you know grow as much as we have in 2023 on that front. Right. Well, it's great to hear about that growth. And and Wes, as you navigate, you know, this continued growth, these conversations with partners and as you mentioned, updates and changes to the app itself. What kind of trends are you keeping an eye on as you continue to grow, either in technology or or kind of broader industry trends that are informing the decisions you're making? I mean, we definitely are always trying to be able to empathize with our partners on what's going on in their in their industry. I think over the last two years, you've seen a lot of inflation, meaning that a lot of companies were able to post good year over year growth on sales. But a lot of that was just because the prices were getting more and more expensive. If you look at what's underlying that, the amount of units that they're moving, there's a lot of headwinds on that front. So I think we're very cognizant of the fact that our partners are looking to, you know, defend against trade down to private label. They're looking to, you know, earn a place to, you know, be an item that a consumer is still purchasing. And they know if they can uh, reward that consumer, there's a higher likelihood of being able to do that. So we, we look very closely at a lot of those industry trends and try to make sure that we are coming up with solutions that help our partners to solve those key problems. Um, another thing that we're just looking at though, is that our consumers are still hurting, right? There's infl that inflation that helped partners be able to beat year over year growth goals also comes on the back of consumers having to pay more. So I think we feel an urgency now more than ever to continue to find additional ways to help people save money, which is why we were so excited to break over 200 new partners added to the program, um, because that's just so many new ways of being able to reward consumers for the same spend uh, just by helping them choose one or the you know one over the other. So I, I think those are both trends that we don't see going away, unfortunately, in the short term and things that we're just going to need to continue to focus on, but really brings us a good sense of purpose and mission right now, more than ever to be making sure that we're delivering those for both sides, both our consumers and our partners. Yeah, sure thing. Good to hear about some of your thought processes there as you, as you navigate this current environment. And, and Wes, in our last conversation, you had mentioned the possibility of looking at international expansion sometime in the in the near future. I wanted to touch base on that and see if you're putting any more consideration to that now or are still kind of focused on doubling down on growth here in the US. I think given some of those macro trends that we're talking about right now, it, it just continues to have us focus here and now because there's just such a large need and opportunity in the US. We are seeing our ability to keep growing on the consumer side is stronger than ever. We're seeing the best ever retention that we've had, and we're seeing so many net new partners want to come on board just for what we have in the U.S. We want to focus and deliver for them here because it's more important that we deliver in a meaningful, you know, needle moving way in one market than it is to, you know, not be able to feel the results, but be in 15 markets. So we're continued to have that. We continue to want to at you know, some point be able to expand um, because again, all of these macro trends are unfortunately impacting people well outside of the US, 
But I think focus is going to be key right now, especially in an environment where it's important that companies uh, are managing their cash, they're getting to profitability. Uh, I think that's what makes companies a lot more sustainable to then be able to raise their ambitions and go do some of those bigger projects. So we continue to focus on supporting our consumers here in the U.S. in full Spanish. So that's continued to gain, gain traction as we have millions of our consumers uh, using the experience in our full end-to-end -end translated uh, Spanish experience. Plus, we even have team members now who have joined from our Mexico City office that help to support that here in the U.S. as it's just a growing, uh, you know, uh, demo for us that we want to make sure that we're serving authentically. Yeah, sure thing. Interesting to hear about those efforts to reach, you know, diverse populations right here in the United States. That That's excellent, Wes. And um, before we wrap up here, we're almost out of time, but I just want to know what's top of mind as you're going into 2024 here? What are you... You thinking about strategizing around as we move into the new year? A lot about uh, that we're focused on right now is this is going to be a year of both efficiency and innovation, which is funny because those two things are sometimes opposites. But for us, we think that we're learning so much so quickly about our consumers and our partners in a very dynamic environment that we have to be able to keep innovating. And by innovating, you can actually unlock huge amounts of efficiency. So we're not talking about efficiency through trying to just get a little bit more out of any one function or person. It's more about game-changing things that enable efficiency for us. Um, so we have a, you know, a product pipeline that is chock full of things that we think are going to enable that. We've continued to develop what we call mission control, which is the self-serve dashboards for our partners, which enable them to actually have fingers on keyboard interacting with millions and millions of consumers that we represent all at the push of a button versus before having to go weeks back and forth with our teams, just trying to figure out how to activate or generate insights. Now we're you know able to actually show that to our partners visually in front of them on you know, a website that they can access anytime, anywhere. So it's things like that. That's the type of innovation we're looking for, where it's you know entirely new products, new features that enable you know step change differences for us and our consumers, just so that we can unlock our focus then on just growing, accelerating growth. Because again, we want to service as many households in the US as possible, since again, we feel that now more than ever, people need to save. Fantastic. Well, thank you for sharing these insights today, Wes. It's always great to have you come back on the show to, to share an update with us at Wisp Business. So really appreciate your time. Awesome. Appreciate the time, Alex. And thank you for everyone who tuned in. You've been listening to Wisp Business, the podcast. Now stay tuned for a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Ben Miller from University Relations here at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and we're a proud sponsor of WIS Politics and WIS Business Podcast. Did you know that almost 80% of UW-Madison's in-state students return to live and work in Wisconsin in the years after graduation? And almost half of all UW-Madison alumni are current Wisconsin residents. That's just one way we're driving our economy forward. UW-Madison is working for Wisconsin.